The Catholics of Oz is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to episode 104 of the Catholics of Oz. The Catholics of Oz is a show where we discuss faith, culture, and what's been happening from an Aussie perspective. Whether it's synods or science, apostolates and apps, providence or productivity, you can hear it right now on The Catholics of Oz. Hello, I'm Lindsay Sands and welcome to episode 104 of The Catholics of Oz. So good to have you with us. Today I am joined by Lino Sabol, my soccer mad brother, <laughs> which is a bit voiceless some of us today. So yeah, uh, Lino, how are you going today, Lino? I'm doing well, Lindsay. Yes, a great tournament this year. Yeah. Like everyone in the media, we are disappointed, but we are absolutely proud of the Matildas. So proud of them. Um, So proud of them. Look, when we watched that game, England were very tactical. Yes. Uh, We'll we'll talk about this in the entertainment section. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. I just want to say that, yeah, yeah, they were very tactical. I was even telling Lindsay and 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 our gang, you know, we're at a WhatsApp um, chat that, that England's possession were just possession, like playing keep keepings off. Yeah. And just running the Australians back and forth, back and forth. And and to Matilda's credit, they kept up with him. Yes. You know, it kept yeah, up with so him. And true. it's just yeah. that little pass that England do. Yeah. A little well, I don't know I don't know if but it's got Americans around, it's got through, dink, yeah. dinky. Yeah. Dinky um yeah. <laughs> pass. Yeah. The little little tap. It sort of caught us off off guard. Yeah. But um yeah. But it was a great tournament, great it's been match. Great. And look uh, at the time of the recording, or was it next Sunday, Lindsay? Well, the Matildas are, are still got one more game to play. Yeah, today, today, yes, that's the time of recording. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Tonight, today, for yes. tonight. <laughs> so, if I have any voice left, it's it's gone tonight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is this is look. It's not over for them, and they're going to give it their all, and yeah. which they have been doing for the whole tournament. Yeah, for sure. And I hope everything goes well for them, and I hope the future of um, women's um, sport in a sense maybe, yeah you know gradually gets better yeah 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 and we'll mm. we'll talk more about the uh the excitement mm. in the yeah in the entertainment section but i do mm. want to mm. i do want to mm. preface this episode by saying that if my voice sounds a little bit croaky <laughs> at all, my my voice box has not been able to keep up with the number of matches that um oh. yeah, and the frequency of these australian matches and uh yeah i've i might have got a little bit animated during, during the week <laughs> let's just say that much yeah but more on that later. Uh, now, Caroline's not joining us uh, today. She's feeling okay, but she's also got her poor, poor Harry, um, her Ooh. youngest son, my nephew, um, mm. injured his wrist. He's okay, okay, but he's also he's also feeling sick as well. So, you know, oh. fractured wrist plus fever oh. equals very very miserable child and very busy busy very busy parents. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So Caroline asked if she could take this one off, and uh, yeah, we're praying for you, Caroline, and for Harry, and hopefully he he um, we are. feels better soon and he's back you know back into it before definitely before he knows it. Mm-hmm. All right. With that in mind, um, if you're new to listening to the Catholics of Oz, welcome. Great to have you here. Uh, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, or your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to give us a five star rating and some positive feedback so that we can hear from you and reach new people. SQPN also hosts all of its shows on, uh, including the Catholics of Oz on YouTube. You can subscribe there by searching for StarQuest or SQPN. And when you get there, don't forget to hit the bell and subscribe to get notifications of when new episodes are released. And with that, let's talk about Faith Beyond Borders. Well, I'm actually feeling rather good about this. 
but a very special place, eh? Spiritually, ecumenically. How do you make somebody love you without affecting free will? Welcome to my world, son. You come up with an answer to that one, you let me know. Yes, I had to work very hard to pass Latin and theology. Oh, quite. Those are, of course, the most important things. Oh, yeah. See how I can. These guys come from legend. They're basically gods. There's only one god, man. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. So, Lido, uh, today I wanted to actually just do a, talk a little bit about the World Youth Day experience, which, which um, has just wrapped up recently. So, it was in Lisbon, in Portugal, from the 1st to the 6th of August. And one point something million young people, it was, it was, a, it was a huge event. The photos of the final mass look absolutely amazing. The crowd was, the crowd numbers were stunning. It's not about the numbers, but the fact that so many young people had chosen to go there, young people, young adults, mm, um, uh, mm. is, is quite amazing. And so World Youth Day happens every few years and it's a time when young people are invited to basically spend a week doing catechesis and building community and building faith. And um, the highlight, obviously, is the arrival of the Pope who does prayer and a few things um, with the pilgrims including the final mass. And in that final mass is where he announces where the next World Youth Day is going to be. So um, hint, hint, the next one's going to be in South Korea, which is a little bit more accessible to Australia, probably, uh, in terms of getting there. So just in Asia. So, it is. Yeah. 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 A bit, um, yeah, sh- the trip is shorter. In a sense, yeah. Yeah. Probably a little bit cheaper. Melbourne, not Singapore. I'm just looking to think about the trip. So yeah. One to booking your flights already, Lido. <laughs> Webjet.com. Here I go. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just thinking yeah. the trip because I, like everyone knows that we've been to Malta and that trip was, whew, mm. it was long. Yeah. It was long, but this one should be a slightly bit shorter, so it won't be too long yeah. and maybe re-energize for yourself for the great um, event of your World Youth Day in uh, South Korea. Mm. And look, for all the Aussie K-pop fans, you get two things out of it as well. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Hint, hint, I'm not really a K-pop fan, but anyway, I know that I'm a Klingon pop. Klingon K-pop, K-pop yeah, fan. we're a fan of that. Yeah, that's I love uh, that. Yeah, that's, oh, yeah. Whoops, sorry, <laughs> wrong segment. So wrong segment. Since that broke into that broke the charts, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it became a thing. Yeah, so uh, I just wanted to share um, a couple of things that, as I was reading about it while it was unfolding, just uh, I was sort of just glancing at different bits and pieces that came up. So, from an Australian perspective, one thing I did want to share though is that the Archdiocese of Melbourne formed a group. I think it was called the Young Leaders or Emerging Leaders Program or something like that. And it was, you know, it was about a special trip which was with Archbishop Peter Commonsoli, where they travelled. I think just from piecing it all together because I wasn't on it, so I'm trying to piece it together. They went to the Holy Land, they went to Rome, and then they went to Lisbon. I think those were the destinations. Wow. They went to. Yeah. So they, oh, they, wow. That's a journey and a half. Wow. Well, two journeys. Yeah. It kind of is. Yeah. And with that, Archbishop Commonsoli was leading a series of catecheses and, you know, you know, showing the pilgrims around and doing all kinds of, you know, faith experiences with them. Nice. One mm. faith experience that popped up on the Archdiocese of Melbourne social media. And then we got an email about it as well, which is really cool is that this particular group had a session with Pope Francis. So 120 something people, I think it was. In a room Ooh, with Pope wow. Francis. So we're not doing like a million people wow. and he looks like a little dot. They were in the room. That's okay. Meters away, yeah. you know, uh, and he was there yeah. doing some, some catechesis with him, which was beautiful. So nice. there's an article which is in the show, show notes from the Melbourne Catholic, which I've shared. Uh, and I thought I might just share a couple of highlights from that as well. 
The article is called The Lord is Always by Your Side. So Pope Francis speaks with Melbourne pilgrims. So on the 26th of July in Rome, they had a special private audience as part of the lead up to World Youth Day. And during this meeting, Pope Francis encouraged the pilgrims in their faith journey and happily answered questions on topics ranging from education to evangelization, the environment and caring for our common home. And he said, I'm very happy to welcome you here to see such courageous young people. And when asked what message he wanted to get across to young people, he simply said, the main message I want to get across is that the Lord is always by your side, always. Mm. Even Mm. in the most difficult Mm. moments, he is always with us. He never tires of walking with us. And I just thought I'd add here as well that he wasn't reading from a speech. You know, he was answering questions and this was his catechesis for young people, which I thought was beautiful. Archbishop Comensoli expressed his gratitude to the Pope for taking time to speak with young Australians. And he said, to have the Holy Father speak with our young leaders today, to listen to their own experiences and to encourage them in their journey of faith is a real gift. Malcolm Pilgrims laughed and cried while listening to the wisdom of the Holy Father and his words of freedom, accompaniment, joy, and encouragement. The Lord is good. So that was, um, that was Archbishop Comensoli's words. And in terms of the pilgrims who were there, so some of the people who um, talked about their experience, it says here that music and religious education teacher Aaron Charles from John Paul College in Frankston was visibly emotional after the papal audience, and he said, it was incredibly unexpected. I asked Pope Francis what advice he had for us in being able to serve our small communities And he said, it's not about imparting an idea, but imparting a relationship, guiding your students and allowing them to make mistakes and to be themselves and to grow into their own. And he says, I cried the whole way through. It was pro- it was just absolutely moving, and the very first thing I did afterwards was to call mum. <laughs> so that's the awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. So one of the pilgrims said that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This was their. The article goes on to say that this was their pre World Youth experience in Rome. And then they were going to join the other Malcolm pilgrims, which make a 600 strong group that, that headed, you know, via Italy, Fatima, Lourdes, all these different ways that they, they chose to wow. get there. Wow. Oh, cool. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was one thing there um, as for the Emerging Leaders Program. Another person who was part of that program, Bridget Taylor, a maths teacher from Clonard College in Geelong, was overjoyed by the experience. And she said, to be honest, it was a bit of a blur. I'm just completely in awe of what I've experienced. <laughs> yeah. Being an emerging leader me, and passionate, me. yeah, passionate about the future of Catholic education. I was fortunate enough to ask what his message was that we can share with our staff and students. He said to accompany our students and to work with our staff, create boundaries, but also give them the freedom to accept whatever faith they follow and to believe in the church. I can't wait to go home and share this with the students, staff at Clonard and the community in Geelong. By the way, all the pilgrim quotes here end with exclamation marks. So you can imagine how excited nice. they, they were by this beautiful experience. Definitely. Yep. Yeah. So the, the article finishes with um, Archbishop Comensoli saying, World Youth Day will be a time of powerful spiritual encounter with the Lord for each pilgrim in their own personal journey of faith. It is something they cannot help but share on their return. And we look forward to the many fruits that will unfold. So that's the first part of talking about World Youth Day I wanted to share. Lido, what, what would it be like if you were in that room? Just imagine that you were, you know, a young emerging leader in your 30s and, you know, we, we, we were in our 30s once, <laughs> not long ago. <laughs> yeah. What do you- yeah. Had you been in that room with 130 people and Pope Francis, what, what would that have been like for you? I like that um, teacher said, you know, like that's, that's why I, I giggled a bit about it was like a blur. Yeah. Because you're so excited. He's so trying to concentrate everything. And how long were they for? Their, sorry, how long were they for their lens? About a week or so, maybe? Uh, in Rome? Oh, there would have been a few days in Rome, a few days in the Holy Land, I think. Yeah. yeah it's it's like, that's what I mean. It's yeah. like a, almost like a blur. You're trying. Bit of a whirlwind. Whole, yeah. 
It is. You're trying to process everything what's going on. And when you're sitting there listening to the Pope, I would listen to him and also look around and look at all the other people's reactions and trying to take this in mm. <laughs> and trying to remember how I felt and being in the presence of um, the pontiff and in the presence of my fellow um, Catholics in the group. I, I, I would be... I don't know, maybe sleep, um, what's it called, Lids? Sleep deprivation? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tried to, restless. You'll be able to sleep, yeah. Restless. Yeah, sure. I wouldn't have too, too much excitement, yeah. And then, you know, on the plane, I'm trying to sleep, and, you know, you, you're trying to sleep, and, you know, sometimes it doesn't work. <laughs> I'll be exhausted. <laughs> yeah. But, but it will be absolutely worth it. Yeah, I'm trying to picture myself in that room and listening to the Pope. Mm. And um, would he be speaking in English? Or would you be speaking Italian? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure there'd be a translator. Um, translator, would, yeah, yeah, because yeah. he he can speak English, but it's not it's not great English. Yeah, yeah, you know, a few words. Yeah, yeah. I'm just mentally visualizing it and mm. hearing that Italian um accent and any Italian speech to it, and yeah, and of course, you know, understanding what he's saying about the youth, yeah, and where we need to move with yes. youth and yep. to express our evangelization around, yeah. And at the end, and most of the time, just whispering to um, Peter Commonsolius here, can you um, <clears throat> mention to the pontiff about um, our, our podcast? <laughs> yes. Tell him to. I just quickly run away. Yeah. That's right. We're going to make it. Mention the podcast. 1.9 million pilgrims done. Yeah, perfect. Whoa. Oh, my goodness. Top podcast in Lisbon the next week. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Talk about pressure. Uh, No, talk about a missed opportunity. We should have told him that. (laughs) Well, yes. Yeah, that's true. true. No pressure. Um, (laughs) (laughs) One thing that really hit me in the heart was that there were teachers in that room. It was teachers who were sharing. As a Catholic teacher, you know, in a Catholic school, there are so many opportunities, but there are so many challenges as well. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, you, you want to yes. help the Catholic faith experience be an authentic one, but can't be what you want it to be. Uh, you know, like you said, he was saying, you know, talking about how letting them grow into their own, let the Lord exactly. do his work. So mm-hmm. just having trust in God in your, in your role as a teacher in a Catholic school, I think it's beautiful advice. And, you know, just to hear that, like, there were so many people in tears <laughs> just from the experience as well. I mean, that's, exactly. you know, that's not because they're in the room with a celebrity. I think that's the Holy Spirit, right? That's their, their really, definitely. you know, it must have yeah. been a very spiritually uplifting moment where they were just so in tune yep. with God, with the Pope. I hope that that leaves an indelible mark for the rest of their lives, really. That's, it's so yes. beautiful. Definitely. Mm. Yeah, maybe, maybe I should um, see if I can get those teachers a job at my school. We'll just see, you yeah. know. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Just, 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 <laughs> Where are those contracts? Hang on, yeah. <laughs> so um, the next uh, the next part, Lido, that I wanted to talk about is this is so that was before World Youth Day. Now the end of World Youth Day, right? So the the final mass that they have a final mass together. This one was on the feast of the Transfiguration. So Lino, if you could read the gospel for that mass for us, um, you've got it there yeah. in front of you, and then I'll talk about Pope Francis' homily. Go no for worries. it. Yep. Yeah, no worries. The gospel according to Matthew. Jesus took Peter, James, and his brother John, and led them up a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, conversing with him. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud cast a shadow over them. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, 
This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When his disciples heard this, they fell prostrate and were very much afraid. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise, and do not be afraid. And when the disciples raised their eyes, they saw no one else but Jesus alone. As they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, Do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. It's an amazing reading on its own. I've just got to say, right, that encounter mm, mm. and listening to that gospel gives me so many links to the encounter that these young leaders had with Pope Francis, right? So exactly. in the sense mm-hmm. of the feeling, the sense, the faith encounter must have been very similar in so many different ways, right? Yes. The, you know, the spirit opening up these apostles' hearts to recognize who they were with in that moment. And, you know, the spirit opening up the hearts of these emerging leaders to realize who they were with not Pope Francis, but with God, right? Like, you know, so not, you know, so Pope Francis is God's representative. Pope Francis was there speaking, you know, but uh, that would have been a very spirit-filled experience in which they felt the encounter with God while they spoke to the Pope. It's it's so different, isn't it, from, it has a different character, for example, to the experience of having a celebrity, you know, meeting a celebrity that you love, right? Um, mm, that that mm. may or may not live an indelible mark, but certainly when there's it's a spirit filled experience where the Holy Spirit is involved, I think that's with you for the rest of your life. And I feel like definitely, yeah, uh, not I feel like I know that these you know emerging leaders this will this will be a, a story they tell forever, um, but also another tool for their evangelization toolkit. You know that that the Holy Spirit has left with them, which I think is quite beautiful. Yes, yeah. So Pope Francis uh, gave his homily to. I know it was over a million. I forgot if it was one point. It must have been 1.2 or it had been close. Anyway, if you Google it, you'll find it. It was definitely over a million people. And this is what he said as part of his homily for this mass. So I'll just go through some of it, not all of it. But he said, after these exciting days, surely we feel like repeating the words of the Apostle Peter on the Mount of Transfiguration. Lord, it is good for us to be here. Indeed, how good it has been to share this experience with Jesus, with one another, and to pray together with joyful hearts. Now we can also ask an important question. What will we take back with us as we resume our daily lives? I would like to answer this question with three verbs drawing from the gospel we have heard. To shine, to listen, and to be unafraid. What will we take back with us? To shine, to listen, and to be unafraid. So he said to shine, he says, first of all, Jesus is transfigured. The gospel tells us his face shone like the sun. Shortly before this, he had predicted his passion and death on the cross shattering the disciples' image of the powerful and worldly Messiah and disappointing their expectations. Now, in order to help them embrace the loving plan that God has for each of us, Jesus takes three of the disciples, Peter, James, and John, and leads them up the mountain where he is transfigured. Through this brilliant burst of light, Jesus prepares the disciples for the dark night of the Passion. Dear young friends, today we too need something of this burst of light so that it can fill us with hope as we face the many failures of each day and the darkness that assails us in life and respond to them with the light of the resurrection of Jesus. For he is the light that never sets, the light that shines even in the dead of night. And so then he went on to talk about to listen, the second verb. And he said, on the mountain, a bright cloud overshadowed the disciples. And what does it tell us? This cloud from which the father speaks. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Listen to him. To listen to Jesus, that is life's secret. Listen to what Jesus is saying to you. But I don't know what he is saying to me. 
Well, take the Gospels and read there what Jesus is saying, what he is saying to your heart. For he has the words of eternal life for us. He reveals that God is our Father and that God is love. He shows us the way of love. Listen to Jesus. Otherwise, even if we set out with good intentions along paths that seem to be of love, in the end, those paths will, will be seen as selfishness disguised as love. Be careful of selfishness disguised as love. Listen to Jesus, for he will show you which paths of, these, of those to love. Listen to him. The first word to shine so to be radiant. Then listen in order not to take the wrong path. Finally, be unafraid. Do not be afraid. We often find these words in the Bible. In the Gospels, do not be afraid. These were the last words spoken by Jesus to the disciples at the moment of the transfiguration. Do not be afraid. As young people, you have experienced these days of joy. I was about to say of glory, and instead our encounters have been a kind of glory. You have great dreams, but often fear that they may not come true. Sometimes you think that you are not up to the challenge, which is the kind of pessimism that can overcome us at times. As young people, you may be tempted at times to lose heart, to think you fall short or to disguise your pain with a smile. As young people, you want to change the world, and it is very good that you want to change the world. You want to work for justice and peace. You devote your life's energy and creativity to this, but it still seems insufficient. Yet the church and the world need you, the young, as much as the earth needs rain. To all of you, dear young people who are present and future, yes, to all of you, Jesus now says, have no fear, do not be afraid. Uh, and then he finished off by saying, Dear young people, I would like to look into the eyes of each of you and say, Do not be afraid. I will tell you something else, also very beautiful. It is no longer I, but Jesus himself, who is now looking at you. He knows each of your hearts, each of your lives. He knows your joys, your sorrows, your successes and failures. He knows your heart. Today he says to you here in Lisbon at this World Youth Day, Have no fear. Take heart. Do not be afraid. And uh, Lino, I had shivers, you know, just reading that, reading it before mm. this podcast, but also reading it just now. A beautiful reflection on the transfiguration and, and for those young people there. Um, any thoughts on that homily yourself? Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally. Um, I, lo- I love the when he's put him in three sections into to shine, to listen, to be unafraid. Mm. And that's a way of communicating with everyone. In a respectful, in, in a respectful way, you know what I mean? Instead of uh, the politicians having to argue back and forth, <laughs> back and forth. Are you shining, politician? No. Are you listening? <laughs> you know Probably what I not. mean? But for <laughs> us, this is for us, it's, it's a great step in um, this communication between everyone in this world. You mm. know? Um, especially when we have someone who has um, problems in their life. Um, yeah. And especially when you were saying about the youth as well, and we we talked about this before, and the youth has been bombarded by social media, left, right, and center. And where do they find guidance within all this stuff? And mm. there it is. There's um, Pope Francis is saying to them to shine, to listen, and to be unafraid. It's communication with each other. Yeah, you know, not not communications with with each other through. Oh, what they can use social media if you want, if you can. Yeah, you know, and like we've talked about this in a positive way. But just to maybe just to talk and chat with each other, what yeah. would we do? And the Transfiguration is a great example of that. Yeah. For all the young and out here. Yeah. Yeah. I think that to listen was the really strong one for me. In, mm-hmm. in that Pope Francis, mm-hmm. you know, 
you know, he's saying, listen to Jesus. And they might say, how do I listen to Jesus? He says, well, you know, open up the Gospels. Mm. <laughs> he's already speaking to yeah. us in the Gospels right there. You don't need to go very far, right? He's already speaking. Mm. Exactly. I think that's good because he said that, you know, if we're not careful, we develop a selfish kind of love rather than the right kind of love that Jesus wants us to show that, that changes the world, right? And changes hearts. And yeah, exactly. You can see examples, right? You know, by their fruits, you'll know them as scripture tells us, right? You can see when someone uses the gospel for their own gain, if that makes sense, mm, you know, like they, yeah. they speak like they have the authority of Jesus. Like, because I believe in Jesus, I'm the superior, therefore listen to me. And you see that, right? Sometimes like it's this, I'm the better one because I've got Jesus and you're the inferior one. So out you go, right? It's very, mm. I mean, it's not a surprise because you, know, you just look at the behavior of the Pharisees and some other, you know, some other people that Jesus would clash with from time to time. But I, I think this listening to Jesus, because you know, I mean, again, you're not listening to Jesus when you do that, are you? Instead of listening, you're telling Jesus in a way, like and you're telling yeah. others, listen to me. You're saying, listen to me, not listen to him, right? Whereas, exactly. Whereas yeah. I think this... You know, when he, he says, listen to Jesus, the other thing I think about is how humbling it is to listen to Jesus. And definitely we're not being asked to, to listen to Jesus and then become dominant with the voice of Christ. We're being asked to listen to Jesus and in that listening to surrender. And when we surrender our lives to Jesus, then we're living out the love that God wants us to share with the world. Yeah, and then we're making the yeah. change that needs to be changed in the hearts of others. Exactly. And I think, I think it's a beautiful, you know, the homily is very short, right? But it's so beautifully, and like you said, in those three words, to shine, to listen, to be unafraid, uh, it mm, so beautifully mm. sums up the Christian life in, in so many ways, right? And this is what yeah, he's told. Definitely. He's encouraging these 1.2 million young people to go back and do this. And when we say young people, I should clarify, in the church's language, young people is anyone from about the age of 16 to 35, which is why you heard of teachers in that emerging leaders group, right? So it's... um. Mm. It's this is the audience that World Youth Day is aimed at, and you know those oldies that get to go with them are very lucky because you got to get some you know some supervised. I'll do it next time. But you know, <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Anyone anyone who's listening who's been to World Youth Day will instantly feel the flame of their experience. I think whether they whether they're with Joe, uh, John Paul II or Benedict the Sixteenth, which I was fortunate to experience, you know, here in Australia. Mm. Mm. Or Pope Francis or whoever it was that you saw at World Youth Day. Oh, well, there's only three you could have seen. Sorry. Because John Paul started it, oh. sorry. Yeah, of course. There's only been three World Youth Day Popes so far. Yes, so far, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but anyone who listens to this will, will know that flame of faith that World Youth Day does inspire in, you know, in us to continue doing our, you know, our work in the world. Yeah, so uh, why don't we wrap it up there? You know, to all those people who went to World Youth Day, well done, because right? it's a huge sacrifice. I know it's not a holiday for, for you. We've, you know, um, again, if you've been, you know, it's not a holiday. There's a lot of joy, but there's a lot of sacrifice as well. Um, yes, you know, it's, it can be yeah. financially but, draining. Um, it can be physically draining. You're not necessarily sleeping in the nicest hotels and whatever else all the time, you know, you, you, <laughs> doing, you um, do whatever needs to be done. There's a lot of walking and pilgrimage and, you know, going from place to place. So well done to all of you. And I, and I pray, especially for the yeah. Australian pilgrims that the flame of faith, wherever you are in your situation will be inspiring and evangelizing for those around you. And, and obviously anyone who around the world who's been as well. And if anyone who's listening did go, and would like to share their experiences. If you'd like to write to us about it, please do, because we would we would more than we would be more than happy to share that experience with everyone else as well mm, on this nice. show. Yes, definitely, definitely. Mm. All right, so um, should we move on, Lino? Let's um, you let's talk about science. Ah, what a fine day for science! You have any hobbies? I collect spores, molds, and fungus. 
Can you reverse the polarity? I'll do my best. So it's one of those things, Lino, where uh, talking about science without Caroline means we're on our own. I know. Yeah. Oh, look, we've done great <laughs> topics. Come on. Come on, guys. We've had some, yeah, actually, you know. Like, we we've get, had a few good ones, yeah. We, we get to bring the, the kind of like funny ones like that are a bit funnier, a bit quirkier. But it's science, but yeah. with a, it's a great, great little twist inside. And, you know, Caroline's science and science segments are absolutely amazing. Yeah. It's, I actually learned from Caroline's ones. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is true. Your, yours and my science is like it's on the level of like Ripley's Believe It or Not, with was sprinkled with a dusting of science. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. That, that, that's correct. That's correct. Look, look, this is this is science where we you guys yeah. have chosen that. Yeah. You know, it's borderline between is it is it does it really happen or yeah? Where, what's going on here? We need to listen more. All right, Lino, let's let's get the score sheet out. Okay, so okay, okay, Lino okay, Lindsay's okay. Uh, first science for the year. I believe it was Roman mm, concrete. Mm, mm, mm. Is that right? Roman concrete. All right. So self self yes. strengthening concrete. So that was a good one. Yeah. All right. Our yeah, yeah, second yeah, yeah. one was melting robots. Melting robots. Robots that could you know shape themselves, reshape themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yep. And the third one. Oh, mushrooms. We talked about mushrooms. How they communicate <laughs> with each other. No! Yes. Communication with mushrooms. Yeah. And there's a science between it. Oh, sorry, behind it. And there are the facts. And yep. they 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 are. We're yep. not making it up. No, it was definitely jokes. Come on, yeah. it had to be. And I think we got into trouble. Anyway, um, we... Uh, I don't know if we got into trouble. I think, no, only with Caroline. No, not really, no. <laughs> so our, uh, although there were a lot of jokes, like sort of dad jokes and puns, there were a few on Discord, yeah, about mushrooms. That's, yeah, that was, which I liked, by the way. Well done with that. There were a few contenders for today's uh, science, all right? So... Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. One was a prehistoric animal. I can't remember what it was about. I forgot. All right, it was okay. interesting, but you know, oh, whatever. Okay, <laughs> I love dinosaurs. I yeah, love so, yeah, yeah. I know, and it's actually when Caroline brings, like, we talked about ancient drop bears once, and that was that was amazing, right? Whoa, uh, Caroline brought that, that up. Yeah, yeah, I can't believe how big they were back in those days. <laughs> the other one I had was about a sea creature that they found that looks very much mm. like a face hugger from aliens, <laughs> which I thought oh, was, was oh yeah, I thought I think yeah, I saw you saw that. that. Yeah, yeah, it looked like it was going to you know just like, like wrap itself around your face, and yeah, and yeah. Whoa. However, I thought we might swoop in a different topic. <laughs> and that is, it's a very Australian topic. And that is the it topic is. of actually the science of uh, surviving a magpie swooping. Now, this is both a funny topic and a serious topic at the same time. Because mm-hmm. we, mm-hmm. we do have a thing about laughing about getting swooped by magpies, by these birds, because... It happens, it, you know, as the spring starts to roll around, the magpie attacks start to, to increase. And, you know, sometimes there are videos that are quite funny or quite like, whoa, you know, like um, helmet cameras of oh, magpies, yeah. like, you know, pecking away at someone's helmet while they go through, you know, their territory and whatever. However, there have also been like, you know, there have also been things like eye injuries, you know, ear, they, they attack ears, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for anyone who says, yes, Australia is full of animals that are trying to kill me. <laughs> You win this one. You win this one. All right. This is yours. You can have it. it. So I thought I might just set the tone. For anyone who doesn't know what a magpie is, this is what they sound like. All 
All right. So that's a magpie, a magpie sound. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely. And you know what? Actually, in my research, magpies are highly intelligent birds and mm. their singing is actually quite beautiful and they can learn different tunes as well. So they, they, yes, teach, them. Yeah. they teach each other to sing. Um, there's a clip in the show notes because, so the clip I just played was royalty free. So I can play it a hundred times. The, the clip I wanted to also play is on YouTube. So I don't want to get us banned on YouTube or, you know, <laughs> I don't want to do, I don't want to blow up the network just because of a bird noise. So, um, <laughs> it's in the show notes. There's one where, um, and it was during the, I think it was the 2019 bushfires. Don't get me wrong about this, but in a particular area, I think of New South Wales, a magpie learns the sirens of the firefighters or the fire, the fire engines, the, the fire trucks, I should say. Oh, and the magpie, it actually makes the sound of, yeah, just over and over again. Oh, um, yeah. It makes the, oh, yeah. The fire truck sound. Cool. Um, so okay. Oh, nice. And, yeah. But it kind of tells you how many fire trucks must have been going through the area for the magpie to learn that sound as well, how serious the fires were. But, um, yeah, wow. and there, there are other ones. There's an old one, an old clip on YouTube from the 1970s of a guy surrounded by magpies on his porch and he's playing harmonica and they're singing along with him. And, you know, Whoa. so magpies, are, <laughs> yeah, they're interesting because they can be friendly birds to humans. They can learn your face and recognize you as someone you can trust, but they can also be quite dangerous in other situations as well. Mm. And we're not talking about dangerous. Yeah. We're not talking about dangerous in like forests and, you know, bushes. We're talking about on streets. Yeah. You know, in parks, you know, in in very local places. So this is how serious it is. Someone set up a website called magpiealerts.com. There's a link in the show notes. And and what happens is users can type in where and when they've encountered a magpie. And then there's a map of Australia that you can zoom in on and you can click on. You'll see little magpies that are yellow or red. Yellow meaning they've been swooping. Red meaning someone was actually like injured. They drew blood. Oh, goodness me. Yeah, right. Okay. And you can click and you can see what the incident was. And, you know, there were actually a couple uh-huh. around Nary Warren, which was a bit scary for me. But anyway. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so here is what three people said. So the first one, this was on the 11th of August this year. So uh, already even in our cold weather, we've had some sunny weather and the magpies are already starting a little bit early. So magpie attack mm-hmm. on cyclists. 12 Burke Street, Windale, New South Wales, just west of the skate park, came out of the tree in the south and swooshed through my hair and then went back in the tree to observe with his beady eyes. That was the first one. The second one, August the 16th. And these are ones that I've just pulled. There's actually 180 something at the moment. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Magpie yeah. attack on cyclists, uh, the C9 Western Creek uh, ACT. So this is a bike track near a freeway, I think. Mm, Old mate mm, up mm. to his usual tricks again. Mainly a problem on the in, yeah on the inbound side of Cotter Road, just past the Parkway off ramp. You should be fine if you stick to the separated bike path on the south side of Cotter Road. Not that aggressive in magpie terms. Probably a six out of ten. Needs to try harder. All right, so that was the oh. I know right yeah just you are asking for trouble, my friend. If you don't yeah oh buddy <laughs> you are asking for trouble. Don't encourage yeah. <laughs> And this last one is Magpie Attack on Walker 5, Leslie Court, Salisbury, East, South Australia, 5109. All right. So it said, bird relentlessly swooped me, did not touch my head though, but it followed me up the road, even though I tried to lose it by changing direction. Eventually we had a stair standoff and it gave up and flew away. Yeah. So those are Magpie Encounters. There there are many, many more. I didn't bring the ones up where it drew blood, but there are a couple where someone, you know, injured, had an injured eye, injured ears, mainly things like that. Yeah. So I myself in recent weeks, have also been partaking in the magpie swooping as well. <laughs> Not as a magpie, but as a... <laughs> as, 
as one who was harassed. Yeah, as one who was harassed. I was a participant in in some magpie harassment, and I won't give the address and the location of else like these guys have. However, um, at my school, there is a, a clump of trees on the oval where during spring the magpies start to lay eggs and do nests and whatever else. So there was some there were some children in an out of bounds area of the of the oh. oval. So I was on oh. yard duty, so I was just doing my teacherly duty to walk over and, you know, move them on to go and be silly and play in the grass somewhere else. <laughs> so suddenly while I was walking, completely unaware, I heard a swoosh and felt the yes. wind and I felt the wind yes. on my ear and that yes. of the winds the wings flapping, all right? Oh yeah. And then I heard the, you know, it was above my head. So first it flew past my head, which was scary enough, right? (laughs) Then I could hear it. It was flying above my head and flapping. That's what they do. They kind of fly above you and flap almost stationary. Exactly. Oh yeah. Like hovering, like hovering. Almost like hovering with their wings. Right. And they call at you. Right. Um, And so I straight away, my adrenaline, I felt cold. It was a warm day and I felt cold. All right. Down my spine. And so I stayed calm at least on the inside, on, on the outside, I mean, on the inside, I was freaking out. And I just <laughs> gently walked in the, you know, uh, in a straight line until it, mm. it gave up on me and had enough. Right. And uh, there were three, there were three students like sitting on this rock. And I'm like, I'm like, guys, I'm just going to sit here for a minute because my heart is pounding at the moment. And they're like, they're, they're laughing or whatever. I was like, oh, you know, whatever. And it's like, all right. So I crossed through its territory to one side. I needed to get back to the other side. Oh, so, no. yeah. So I thought, all right, well, I'll walk around. I'll, I'll respect the bird and I'll, I'll walk yeah, around. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yep, so I walked, yep. I did this big arc, like almost orbiting these trees, right? I was a big arc, <laughs> but it wasn't enough. It came after me again. And so same thing, same thing, right? This time above my head and, you know, rah, 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 you know and then like, and yeah, so it freaks Whoa. me out. So uh, now when I do that yard duty, there's only a certain point where I'll go up to it then, uh, and I won't go any closer. And what's even worse is, it doesn't seem to be going for any of the children. It seems to be targeting the adults that are on yard duty. Well, okay, Dad, I do not understand. As an you? experiment, because I thought it was my fluoro. <laughs> oh, uh, no. Yeah, oh, right, so I thought it was my fluoro vest, right? Because we have to wear a fluoro vest so that we're, we're visible. You know, students know that we're out there and we're, you know, we're keeping them exactly. safe. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. okay. When you said experiment, Liz, I thought it- <laughs> I did some science. I did some science, all right? So the next day... I was on Yardy because I do it on a Thursday and Friday every two weeks, right? So on the next day, I was on Yard duty again. This time I thought, I'll leave the vest so that it will leave me alone. It'll say I'm not a threat. It should be okay, mm, right? Okay. So I, and it was a bit yeah, cooler. Yeah. So I just put my black jacket on. Some boys in the Out of Bounds area again doing the, you know, being naughty and whatever. So mm. I walked to the area. Mm. Even, with the, even with the black jacket, it swooped me again. And uh, yeah, I was Oh, it must have noticed you, yeah. And, and I wonder if it memorized my face and like, you know, it's like red alert, threat, you know what I mean? Oh, but, no, yeah. exactly. Wow. So okay. that leads us into a bit of science of magpies. So uh, I've got an, an article here, Lino, from science.org.au, and it's called How to Survive Magpie Swooping Season. Uh, and it says spring is the season for blooming flowers, frolicking lambs, and the wild beak clacking terror of swooping birds. Yes, so yes. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So I'll just go through a couple of um, a couple of things here from this article. And there are some, there's a video which is really good, um, which you can watch as well. And there are some video clips that are pretty intense of like people's like magpie impounders too. Like, like again, like some people oh, wear wow. helmet cams on their, on their bicycles. And yes, they do now. You know, yeah. And you've got a magpie right in your face on this camera. So there are a few, yeah. It says springtime is baby time, which means it's also protect your chick time for magpie mums and dads across Australia. 
Australian magpies or Gymnarina tibison, I think it is, are protective parents. Every year between July and November, magpie dads spend four to six weeks keeping watch over their nesting site for unwelcome intruders. If a threat is spotted, the male may swoop in a defensive warning display. And by the way, not may, they do, going from personal experience. Oh, um, yes. Yeah, although yeah. other causes of swooping behavior have been proposed, including territoriality and testosterone levels, research suggests that nest defense is an underlying reason. By the way, every time it mentions research, there's a link that goes to an actual research paper, which I haven't cool. read because there's lots of them, but, it, but you can go further if you want to. So targets of swooping behavior can include cyclists, joggers, walkers, pets, birds of prey, and even other magpies. Some magpies display marked preferences for swooping certain people, like teachers, with some specifically targeting posties and other dive-bombing cyclists. By the way, it's got joggers and walkers and cyclists. It's always the joggers, walkers, and cyclists. Like, I've seen Law & Order, right? I mean, no wonder magpies are, you know, because they're really sus, yeah? So, it goes on to say, a swoop can catch you unawares, and again, I agree with this completely, Occasionally, magpie swoops can even cause injury. But is the aggressive and dangerous reputation of this songbird deserved? I'll pause there for a moment. And I want to say this. Mm. In my reading about magpies and in the videos I watched, I actually came to respect and love how beautiful they are. Uh, They are beautiful birds. Um, Yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, there are a couple, you know, because of defending their eggs, they have this aggressive tendency. So it says here that swooping, <laughs> yeah, swooping is a strategy to safeguard the nest site, mm, but the species yes. itself is neither inherently dangerous nor aggressive. And this is Emeritus Professor no. uh, Gisela Kaplan. Yeah. And she's yep. a, a professor in animal behavior at the University of New, of New England, who spent the last 25 years studying magpies. So it says, though, in practice, however, swooping magpies can be dangerous, according to Professor Daryl Jones, a behavioral ecologist at Griffith University. So here's what we've got. One professor is saying, they're not inherently dangerous, aggressive birds. So, for example, if there's one on the grass while you're going for a walk, you know, picking worms out of the ground, it's not going to be bothered by you at all. All right. Exactly. We know that. Yeah. We've seen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we've ever, all of us have walked past hundreds of magpies, you know, how you doing? And you keep going, right? How you no doing? problem. And they keep going. Yeah. yeah. You just, yeah. Like every, everything else, you, you sort of leave them alone. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And they would be right. Yeah. And so the, this professor, Daryl Jones, um, he, goes on to point out why they can be aggressive. So he says there are important reasons for accepting that magpies actually are aggressive. He says for very sensible reasons, such as keeping threats away from their precious nestlings. And they most certainly can be extremely dangerous. Thousands of people are injured every year. Welcome to Australia, mm. I say. Uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah. And oh, so yeah. They're, they're dangerous when they're protecting their young. That's yeah, exactly. they're, they're doing what they are programmed to do, right? Keep threats away from their eggs. Yeah, uh, and that can be threats in nature, or it can be teachers on yard duty who, for some reason, <laughs> they think of threats um, and cyclists <laughs> and joggers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so it says breeding magpies are high achievers of magpie society. They have survived years of hardship, fought hard to get territory, and have been able to find a partner. Only one in twenty magpie males will engage in swooping antics while mama magpie incubates alone. Eighty percent mm. of hu- of humans living in magpie territory never get swooped. The 20% of us who do experience the swooping usually encounter pies in public places such as parks and busy roads. So how can you avoid this uh, swooping this season? And what should you do if you get assailed by an overprotective bird? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> the headline for this next mm-hmm. section is <gasps> how to deal with a feathered torpedo. That's the, oh, yeah. Right. So oh, yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> <And they> are- <laughs> okay. So it says, 
The best antidote to swooping is friendship. Magpies have excellent memories and can recognize individual faces. So if you frequent an area enough, they may recognize you as yeah. the friendly neighborhood human and won't swoop. But beware, magpies form memories, and I feel this is the category I'm in now, oh form memories of enemies me. as well as of friends. Uh, so it says oh. those who antagonize a magpie, for example, by swinging at them with an umbrella, I did not do that, will be perceived <laughs> as threats and will be treated as such. So be kind and magpies will be kind in return. I have not experienced that part yet. And by the way, I've done nothing. Oh. I haven't waved my arms around or made noises. I've just walked on calmly. But I think, um, I think because lots of people go through that area, it just, it can't recognize, you know, a friendly face. It's just like enemy, enemy, yeah, enemy. I yeah, I think, yeah, exactly. With you guys going through like a same sort of path, yeah? Yeah. And they go, okay, this person's going, oop, we'll swoop. It yeah. doesn't really matter who it is. Yeah. <laughs> if it's a teacher or a student, yeah. I'm going for that person. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, so here's what it says to do. It says, um, it says, in this case, it's important to stay cool because wildly flinging your arms over your head is interpreted as aggressive behavior. And the oh magpie my goodness will, me. And the magpie will <laughs> subsequently double his efforts to drive you away. So, oh, yes. so you have to stay calm while you're being attacked oh. by a magpie. You can't be like, well, you know, like hands in the air or whatever, because it, it will say, oh my gosh, it's a big threat. Quick, I've got to, you know, attack, attack. So the okay. professor, yeah, the professor in this article suggests moving away quietly from the bird's nests and engaging in calm conversation. While, and it says here, while showing your face gives the magpie a chance to remember you. So uh, followed below that is um, a sign from the <laughs> Brisbane City Council warning people uh, that this is a swooping area. So you can see that mm. in the show notes. There are signs placed mm. where magpie swooping is known to happen. So, oh, my God, she's got to look up. Sorry, Lindsay's going to find a picture of a quickly. He's got there's a few of them who do that too. Yeah. Yeah, pull, there are some, there are small, yeah, there are smaller Noisy birds minor? that swoop. Yes, yeah. Oh, my goodness, man. I never knew those guys swoop. I always thought Mackies. Yeah, wow. I've been swooped by noisy miners, but they're not really as threatening, right? They, yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. They're yeah. quite small, you know, and you can oh. see that their beak is smaller. Like, it probably it might hurt a little bit, but oh, it's yes, the beak yeah. of the magpie, which is really, you know, that's the one you've got to watch out for, right? Exactly. And it's, um, and it's, um, I can't. I don't know what it's called, a cousin or the um another um breed, maybe yeah. the crow. Species the crow yeah, the crow. Is, yeah, yeah. The crow is like a magpie just without the colours. I mean they're they're distant cousins or I think brothers or same sort of um family, isn't it? But they the crows do whoa. Yeah. Yeah. They they bite hard. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just uh going down a little bit more. So it talks about how there are some magpies called super sweepers. And they're males who are really, really, really dangerous. And it says it's better just to avoid them completely. Don't try and befriend yeah. them. Um, oh, and it's because yeah. birds in these situations just can't uh, recognize faces. So they, they get ultra defensive. And it talks about the Magpie Alert website, which I talked about. It says, you know, just check see if swooping, swooping are being reported in those areas. And it does say try to keep eye contact with them. So y- you've got to be careful about this, right? Because, you know, there's also protecting your, your face as well. So you've got to be careful. But if you mm, if you mm. do if you are able to make eye contact with it, apparently that's how it recognizes your face and sees that you're not a, th- a threat. But that doesn't necessarily work all the time, so you've got to be really really <laughs> careful. So it says, what about bicycles? What's the deal with magpies and bicycles? Because it seems to attach mm. their, uh, attack them a lot. So it says yep. attaching googly eyes or cable ties to your helmet isn't effective. In fact, it yeah. seems like helmets are an issue as swoops increased after the introduction of mandatory helmet laws. In New South Wales in 1994. So, and oh this is because, yeah. So helmets oh. obscure a person's face, 
meaning the magpie can't determine whether the rider is a friend or a and foe. Whether the rider is a friend or a foe. That sort of makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And also the speed of cyclists also appears to be a factor as more often than not, dismounting and walking away slowly will stop the swoopnado is what it says here. Yeah. So apparently if you get swooped by a magpie while you're cycling, you need to get off your bike and just walk. And apparently that's better. Unless, of course, it's a, you know, one of those super swoopers. And it says if you're wow. really having trouble getting your locals to become feathered friends, the occasional tidbit of heart smart mints can help. But beware of feeding them too often as forage food is better for wild birds. Yeah, 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 yeah. So with friendship in humans, you don't need to feed your friends all the time. You have to give them, have them over for dinner occasionally. The same is true <laughs> of birds, says uh, Professor Kaplan. The occasional feeding is a mark of friendship. So... I'm just wondering if next time on Yard Judy, I should walk around with a handful of mints and see if, if it's better. I don't oh, know. Oh, Lids, you're going to make great friends, man. But yeah. um, just quickly, um, at work, we, we have a pair of um, magpies who come to us because um, uh, my co-worker, she um, feeds them a bit of bread. Yeah. And if I'm, out there, if I'm out there without her, they recognize me with her. You know what I mean? And oh, they'll, wow. they'll be asking me. They'll jump up on the... On yeah. the um, Lunch table and look yeah. at me. And I go, uh, sorry, food? Uh, food? Uh, sorry, buddy. Yeah, food, food. I go, no, sorry, mate. I don't have any. And then ignore them, and they'll walk away. Wow. But it's every time I'm up there with with my workmate. Yeah, she and I were eating lunch together. Yeah, yeah. The, the magpies will come and ask for it, but you gotta be careful. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. Can't feed them too long. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah, and they need to eat. You know what they forage as well. Like human, yeah, human food is not always. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I'll finish with with a positive note, as the article does here. It says that magpies are smart, all right? So um, they are placed among the 20 most intelligent animals in the world. And it says they also have a lot of character. A magpie's behavior is far more like a dog's. Uh, I would love the next magpie to- I encounter to go on the floor, roll over on its back and let me scratch its belly, all right? I'd be happy for that. I, I would do that for the magpie, all right? I would do that for the magpie if it was, you know, if it was nice. Um, so it says, though, they enjoy sunbathing play fighting, frolicking in sprinklers, and swinging mm-hmm. on washing lines. And they even enjoy singing just for the fun of it, like humming, like humans yeah. do. Although they may be common in urban areas, and this is a sad part, magpie populations have been declining along the East Coast since 1998. Urban populations mm-hmm. are increasing as drought forces the birds from inland to the coast. But overall, this iconic species is in decline. And that's a sad thing, right? So it, it says, wow. yeah, yeah, the solution here, it says, is we need to live to learn alongside those overprotective parents for their continued survival. After all, we still have lots to discover about these super smart songbirds. And Kaplan finishes mm. by saying, over 25 years, there has never been a boring moment with magpies. They still surprise. So, uh, yeah, so that's magpies, Lino. Did anything else you want to say to finish off this segment? Well, look, magpies are beautiful um, birds in our country. And like everything else, we need to adapt with them. Yes. Yeah. They've been here, I know I'm sort of <laughs> maybe doing a little bit of a lecture here, but they've been here for thousands and thousands of years. Well, almost. they're nature, aren't they? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And we, we need to adapt with them and we need to learn from them and yeah. we need to learn with them as well. As I, I like I'm saying is be alert, be friendly with them. And um, if they attack you, yes, it, it can be very stressful. Yes, and surprising. It can. Tell me about it. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, because I remember just quickly one uh, one time was um, back in when we were working at our first place in in Mulgrave. There used to be a particular tree, and I will, I will always walk mm-hmm. around. I mean, yeah. walk on the other side of the street away from the yeah. tree because there was a magpie 
always sweeping people there. Not only me, but other people. I've seen it, and it is a it is a very um, sometimes scary sound because you don't hear it. Yes, yeah, you don't hear it until it's right on you. Yeah, that's and right sound. on you. Yeah, he yeah. just he just yeah, and, he, and they come up, and there is a reason for that because yeah. they are protecting your young. Yes, and that is with everyone. We're mm. trying to protect our children. Yeah, protecting our families. That, that that's their way of doing it. That's and, their, yeah, um, that's their way of doing it exactly. And if you can be friend with them, but yeah, um, yeah. yes. If you can be friend, then that's good. Um, if the areas, yeah. if if it's if they're just if they're a super sweeper or they're just not friending you at all, and it's your walk or your bicycle, or your cycling route, uh, it may mm-hmm. it may be wiser to change your routes just change a little bit route. until yeah until until Maggie's moved on. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, um, but on a serious note, obviously be safe as well, please. You know, there, there's that strategies exactly. in that yes. article, and there are lots of other strategies you can you can look at online to be safe and be careful of some strategies that you're told, which actually antagonize them and make them want to attack you more. Just be, mm. you know, just separate the facts from fiction so you know what to do. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's let's wrap it up there, Lino. And with that, let's move on and talk about entertainment. I don't know where you get your delusions, laser brain. So uh we're a little short on time, Lino, so let's uh Okay whip yes. through a few few, few things. <laughs> um, right, so I've got I've got a brief one that I'll mention because I know we want to talk about the soccer quickly. So um Yes. Briefly, uh, I've been watching a show on Netflix called The Lincoln Lawyer. Now, I was curious about this show because, as many know, I am a fan of Bosch, which is a another TV series. It's a you know police drama, and it's you know it's it's written by the author. The, the, it was originally came from the, the novels written by the author Michael Connolly. So then I came across you know Netflix was advertising season two of The Lincoln Lawyer, written by Michael Connolly. So I thought, oh, this might be interesting. So it turns out mm. in the novels that, that there's a relationship between the two. I think they're like half brothers or something. Bosch and and um and Mickey Haller, who's the lawyer in the Lincoln Lawyer. Apparently, they're like half brothers. Oh or wow! Like that yeah. Oh, well, team, so yeah. sort of sort of a connection. Yeah. Okay. But in the okay. series, they can't do that because the two series are on different networks. So there's not going to be two any, different yeah, network networks. No oh goodness me! You can do a crossover. Sorry, quickly. You can do a crossover. Come on, NCIS have done it. Yeah, they could do a multiverse thing. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah NCIS yeah. did it with with Y five O. Come on, it'd be a different. Oh, anyway, 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 anyway. All good, all good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want. Yeah, I do want my crossover. So anyway, um, it's a. It, this one is a law based drama, and it's mm. you know Ooh. it doesn't it doesn't break any molds or anything, but it is just you know great characters again, really interesting story, you know twists and turns about how he as a lawyer you know figures out the things that are going on. And I really enjoy it. And the um the draw card, I guess, is that uh, he's called the Lincoln Lawyer because he does his best work while he's being driven around from place to place. You know, some of the driving trips take half an hour to an hour, so he doesn't want to sit that there wasting it, time. Yeah. So his car kind of becomes like his office. So he's being driven around. And he goes through notes and he thinks about cases and you know and prepares himself and things like that. So I really enjoy it. It's really good. It's it's very much in the tone of Bosch in the way it's filmed too. So if you're a fan of Bosch. I don't think it'd be too difficult to move across to the Lincoln Lawyer. I think you'd enjoy uh, what what there is in that too. So there's that one. Cool, cool, cool. cool. Um, shall we quickly say a few things about the soccer and then wrap up the show? Oh my goodness me! Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh my goodness me! That <laughs> so, penalty shootout. Yes. It, yeah. 
It was a classic. Australians have been enamored with the Women's World Cup, which is being hosted by Australia and New Zealand. Mm, mm. And the the viewing, the TV viewing ratings are off the charts. Millions and millions and millions of Australians. Totally off the charts. Yep. Watching this tournament. And we've been losing our voices uh, and going absolutely our crazy minds. for yeah, and our mind <laughs> for our women's team, the Matildas, who have just been absolutely stunning in this tournament. Absolutely, um, yeah, absolutely. They, they were sadly knocked out in the in the um, semi final against England, but yeah, the Lino was just referring there to the the French, the Australian versus France game, and there was a twenty minute penalty shootout with 20 about twenty minute, I think, I think eighteen kicks, which is. 18 kicks or 20 shots? Oh, no, no, no. I'm getting confused. Or was it 20 shots? Oh, yeah. 18 or 20. Yeah. But however. But it was so good. So, oh, my goodness me. Yes. France had the advantage. They did. Australia had the advantage and then flubbed mm. it. And then, and then France again. And then uh, Australia eventually um, had the advantage to score the goal. And, Lino, I no one will <gasps> ever see the way I danced around my living room. It was so undignified. <laughs> I was shouting and dancing. And I had my youngest son in my arms and I was throwing him up and down. Oh and he my was, goodness me! He was Alex. laughing and giggling. No, he was, he, he was, in, he was <laughs> okay, really enjoying himself. Okay. And in fact, he wants to watch okay. soccer with me now so I can throw him up and down again. But <laughs> I went absolutely bananas uh, for that match. And then three days later, we had Wednesday where Australia was knocked out um, versus England. However, we were losing 1-0, if you remember. And then Sam Kerr. Oh my goodness me, her run. As Craig Foster said, I uh, know, uh, as John Aloisi, uh, another Australian soccer, soccer yes. hero, he said she made something out of nothing. She went through three defenders and then from a fairly decent distance, she kicks this amazing yeah. goal, high goal. Oh, and yeah. I was, all right, I, you know what? This is why my, my throat box, my voice box is hurting because <laughs> I just, yeah, I'm surprised no one called the police to investigate a house in Mary Warren because- <laughs> I went wild. I went absolutely wild with, with joy. It was so it was so amazing, the thrill. Yeah. Unbelievable. Now sadly we lost three one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, however, it was a it was a good match. England deserved to win. They Yes. They they played a good game of rugby, is what I've been saying, the way that oh, they played. They were tough. Yeah, they were tough. Um I think one of the compared commentators was saying that. Um yeah. the the coach was saying, um yeah. you're gonna be tough on Sam Kerr and all these other players. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they've been through <laughs> That yeah. penalty shout out. I'm yeah. not saying they work fatigued or anything, but just give give them a bit of a nudge and here. Yeah. Some of the nudges are a bit. Oh gosh, Lindsay. Yeah. Oh, oh the, they were the more than nudges. Yeah, as I said, a rugby match. They were yeah, r- really flying into each other. Almost like a hip and shoulder that we have in the yeah. AFL. AFL. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay, yeah. settle down. It's a wrong uh, sport, girls. <laughs> settle down. <laughs> it's like wow. Yeah. Actually, the way some of the Matildas playing, I, I was thinking, did they start playing by playing AFL at AFLW at some point, or were yeah, they, you know, I was basically yeah playing footy as they were growing up. The way that they were doing, yeah, some of the ways <laughs> that they played, yeah. So, congratulations oh. to England and good luck in the final. Yes. You know, uh, as I was joking, I, I was joking the other day, go Spain. Because <laughs> oh, I, I, yeah, yeah, I was no, joking, no, that no. was a joke. Yeah, hey, we love our English um, friends and, and yes. our listeners. We, we love Re- you all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Good, good, healthy rivalry in sport. I love it. it I love was. a good rivalry without the without yes. the meanness and the rudeness. I love a healthy rivalry, and now yep. we've got one, which is which is great. Yep. Um, That's right. So, That's right. Uh, what is it now? As you were saying, at time of recording this this afternoon or this evening, um, the Matildas will we have the joy of seeing the Matildas play one more time for third place mm. against Sweden. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. my poor my poor voice box. I, I'm I, by Monday. 
by Monday, I'm just going to be, I'm going to be writing down what I want to say and showing it to people, holding up pieces of paper, you know. Oh no. What's it called? Um, cue cards. Yeah. I'll have, I'll have cue cards. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just have some standard yes and no ones. And then you know, <laughs> you're like this, Lindsay, you're put a fun thumbs up. Well, the thumbs down. No, okay. It's like when your phone like auto predicts replies for you. I'm going to have something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Lindsay. <laughs> All right. So with that, let's wrap up the show, Lido. So before we go, first of all, I want to thank you all for listening to episode 104 of the Catholics of Oz. And uh, we would like to thank all of the patrons who make it possible for us to, to create this show. Today, especially, we'd like to thank Maria X, Tim L, Daniel E, Kevin N, and Gary J. Through their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give, they make it possible for the Catholics of Oz and all of the other shows on StarQuest to continue. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. You can see our show notes and links from today's episode, including Swooping Magpies at sqpn.com slash oz, spelled O-Z. And while you're at the SQPN website, don't forget to sign up for the newsletter, sqpn.com slash about slash newsletter to find out about some updates about your favorite shows and uh, check out all of our socials. So on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash StarQuest Media. On Twitter, it's at SQPN. For ourselves on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash Catholics of Oz. And don't forget Discord, sqpn.com slash Discord to sign up and uh, join the community and discussion about our latest episodes. And also, you can email us at uh, good old email, catholicsofoz at sqpn.com. Lino, thank you so much for being part of the show today. It has been a swooping um, advantage, <laughs> Lindsay. <laughs> swooping great. Yeah, thank you very much, Lindsay, and everyone else. And um, hope you will see Caroline soon. Yeah, not only was it swooping, Lino, I thought we scored a few goals today in, in, in our episode. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this World Cup has been amazing. Stunning. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. stunning. Stunning. Yeah. And uh, once again, I'm Lindsay Sand, and thank you so much for listening to episode 104 of The Catholics of Oz on StarQuest. Here's another show on the StarQuest Network you're sure to enjoy, Raising the Bets. Find it wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash bets. That's B-E-T-T-S, bets.